Join us for lively discussion about the A-State community. Each week, we'll meet with a variety of faculty, staff, and students to discuss all things Arkansas State University. Live from the ASU TV studios in the School of Media and Journalism, this is A-State Connections. And welcome to A-State Connections on KASU and ASU-TV. I'm Jonathan Reeves, News Director with KASU Public Radio and host of A-State Connections, the radio show on KASU. Arkansas State University has been partnering with Kansas State University and the University of Nebraska-Lincoln on a major project involving how heat impacts rice and wheat. Are some varieties more susceptible to heat than others? And how are increasing nighttime temperatures affecting crops? I'll ask these questions and more in today's show. But joining me right now, I'm so excited to have Vaughn Endowed Professor at Arkansas State and Professor of Metabolic Engineering, Dr. Arhelia Lawrence, to tell us more about today's project. And Dr. Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. I believe the last time you and I had the chance to talk was three and a half years ago. So a lot of things has, have happened since then. I know you've had a lot of things that have been going on. Kind of tell us for people who are not sure about the project and, and that, tell us a little bit about this, please. Absolutely. So we are funded by the National Science Foundation. That, is, that means your tax dollars and my tax dollars and everybody's tax dollars are paying for this research. Uh, it is a partnership between uh, Arkansas State University, Kansas State University, University of Nebraska-Lincoln, Virginia Tech, the USDA ARS Delta Water Management Unit, and Rice Tech. Uh, so there are partners of those um, entities, and what makes the project uh, great is that we have all of that expertise and different experience and everybody working with a common goal. The common goal is we want to find rice and wheat varieties that are able to withstand heat stress better. You and I get stressed maybe because their bank account is getting lower or because we didn't sleep well enough or because our kids are doing this or that. Uh, plants also experience stress but for different reasons in their, in that, in their case. Maybe too much heat, too much cold, too much water, uh, water at the wrong time not enough water, all of those things. And in this particular project, we are targeting specifically heat because it's the stress that is really limiting the yield and also the quality of both rice and wheat. Right, and so I was wanted to ask you about Arkansas's climate. How is it appropriate for this kind of study? Well, uh, as um, many, uh, as you and many other people know, Arkansas is the main rice producer in the US. So it's not only about the climate, but it's about the soils and it's about the agricultural practices, right? Uh, here uh, is where rice uh, farming is the most productive uh, in the whole US. Arkansas accounts for 50% of all of the rice that is made in the US. So it is a combination of the amount of water that is available, the great soils, and also the, the climate. That, that's what makes Arkansas number one in Right, and, and the climate has been an issue, and I, this is something we'll talk about a little bit later, that this really has gotten worldwide attention because of, of that, and climate is going through changes and, and all of that. 
And it seems like that nighttime temperatures, as we said in the intro, are just continuing to go up at night. Kind of tell us about how that plays into the project. Absolutely. There is a very uh, interesting study published uh, out of the International Rice Research Institute. They study uh, um, how temperature has been increasing uh, during the day and also during the night in rice producing areas in Asia. They found out that although both temperatures are increasing, both the day temperature and the night temperature, the night temperature is increasing at a higher speed. And let me give you the specifics. At night, temperature is increasing at one degree Celsius, while the, ni the night temperature is increasing only 0.3 degrees Celsius. So it's not only your imagination, nights are really getting hotter all over the world, not only in Arkansas. Right. Now, some people may say, that's ah, just one degree. But how, how significant is that? Uh, that's a great question. Let me tell you why it's very significant. In that study, the one that I'm citing, um, they found out that there is a 10% yield penalty for every one degree Celsius the night temperature increases. So that, lead, that again, it is only one degree, but it leads to 10% less rise with the exact same inputs you were putting before. Which basically means less rice to the table, it impacts the farmers, it impacts everyone in the process. Impacts everybody in the process. Uh, our colleagues at Arkansas State did a similar analysis for wheat and they found out that for every one degree they have like something around 6% yield penalty. So it's not as severe as it is in rice, but there is also a, a clear decline in yield in wheat. Is there a reason why there's such a difference between rice and wheat in that penalty that you're talking about? Okay. Again, another very interesting question. Um, so one of the reasons this project is exciting is exactly because you, we are doing the comparison between the two most important cereals in the world. So these cereals are really what fits the world. They are crops number one and two in the planet. Uh, and uh, for some reason, and we are trying to understand why, Rice seems to be more susceptible to heat than wheat is. All right, Dr. Arhelia Lawrence is joining us here on A-State Connections. You're talking about varieties. Some are more resilient to heat than others. Are there, are there some currently that are, or are they still being studied under this project? Okay, so uh, in this project, we use a collection of rice from all over the world that was put together by uh, scientists at uh, Cornell University and also scientists at the Del Bompers National Rice Research Center. So they put together this collection, they call it Rice Diversity Panel 1, and they made that collection available to anyone who wanted to study it. So in this project, we are using that resource that they made available. Uh, so we are studying uh, in our particular experiments in 2019 and 2020, we planted 310 different rice varieties from all over the world, and 10 hybrids selected by Rice Tech in our study. So mm -hmm. we uh, planted a total of 320 different rice varieties. And after two years of uh, working very hard uh, and uh, planting 30,000 plants in 2019 and 30,000 more in 2020, I can tell you, yes, now from that original list of 220, now we are down to probably between 60 to 80 that seem to be very interesting. So phase two on the, of the project is diving into 
deeper levels on those ones that show promise. Right, and so it's just two of probably several phases uh, in this. This is something, that, as you say, when we started three and a half years ago. Um, I wanted to ask you about, because when we started talking about this originally on A-State Connections, this was before the pandemic, you were getting started on that. How did the pandemic maybe change the project or did it have uh, any kind of changes? Were you all able to continue on with the Rice Research Project even despite uh, COVID? So we were able to continue most of the activities because most of the activities happen in the field. And mm -hmm. in the field, social distancing is easy. However, we had to modify protocols. For example, we no longer were able to carpool. We were no long, longer able to share a, wa a big water container. We had to provide individual, uh, uh, each member of the team, like their individual water bottle, their individual um, uh, mosquito repellent. Right. Remember, in uh, so one reason or another reason why this project has been interesting and challenging is all of the different things that you encounter in field uh, exp uh, research, right? You need to care about mosquitoes and snakes and bees and wasps and right. birds and all sorts of <laughs> creatures <laughs> that can impact your research. Yeah, exactly. And that, that all kind of goes into it. But you've had a pretty large research team working on this, haven't you? So uh, we've had uh, a total of, uh, we've had over 30 people working in the project. Uh, not all at once. It's been uh, different seasons. Probably the group was the largest in 2019, which is the year when we built six high tunnel greenhouses. And I believe you are going to show a very nice video that was made when we were doing that. Uh, currently, we have 12 people in the team, and, uh, and ages in our team range from 17 high school students to uh, senior researchers of, that are eligible for the boosters of the vaccine a lot sooner. <laughs> Let's put it like that. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I know that uh, next week we're going to be talking to, on the radio show, next week we're going to talk to a couple of PhD students. Uh, that have been involved in that. I know you've had several of those on there. How have you been able to incorporate their uh, their graduate work, their po their doctoral work, and all that into this particular project? Thank you for that question. So, we researchers really rely on the talent of undergrads and grad students. So they are the ones who really take the load of the work. I. Um, my job is mostly securing money, making sh solving problems. I'm a little bit like a firefighter. I'm like, okay, who's the, whose pants are on fire today? What problem I need to take care of? But the ones really carrying the load of the science are the postdocs and the PhD students and the undergrads. And I've had fabulous ones of those. I can, uh, let me brag a little bit about the rice agronomist that works with us. His uh, name is Wensi Larazzo, and his letter of recommendation said, he is the best rice agronomist in Asia. So that's the person we have in the project taking care of the rice in the field. Fantastic. And you've got some other fan, uh, fantastic uh, uh, students that are, that, that are just all working together to be able to make this happen. Yes. Uh, what I love is we've had a very international team. I counted 11 different nationalities uh, in, in our team so far. Uh, 
And again, rice is so important in many of our cultures that it's relatively easy to connect. I'm originally from Mexico City, grew up in the state of Morelos, that's right next to Mexico City. Lots of rice is grown there, mm -hmm. so uh, rice is a very familiar plant for me. Uh, and my two PhD students from the Philippines that you will be talking to next week. Again, Filipinos, I don't know if you have uh, eaten their food, but they eat rice morning, lunch, and dinner. Sure. So again, and all of the Arkansans that have worked in the project, uh, although many of them want to be doctors and dentists and um, engineers, not only, uh, none of them are studying to be rice farmers. Uh, they fully understand the importance of rice for, this, for, the, for Arkansas, for the community, and they are willing to work very hard for it. Fantastic. We've been talking with uh, Vaughn Endowed Professor at Arkansas State, and uh, she's also a Professor of Metabolic Engineering. Dr. Arhelia Lawrence is joining us here on A-State Connections on KASU. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break. When we come back, you're gonna watch a video, and we're gonna continue the conversation with Dr. Lawrence. We'll be right back after this. This is A-State Connections. ASU TV, shows like Red Wolf Roundtable, ASU TV News, Westside Football, and more. Gain real life experience while doing what you love. Get involved with ASU TV today. Here to deliver the latest news on A-State sports, ranging from football, basketball, baseball, and more. I'm your host, Tristan Harlan, alongside your other host, Cooper Motor. Red Wolf Roundtable is your local sports source. Tune in to Red Wolf Roundtable to get your fix on sports talk and news. At Arkansas State, we want you to go. Go where learning soars, takes flight, and rockets ahead. Go for experiences, internships, and scholarships. We want you to go. Become A-State Maine. Are you ready to go? Go.astate.edu for details. are addressing the main stress that is causing both quality and yield in rice to drop. And that's the fact that temperature at night is getting hotter. I grew up working on my uncle's farm for summers throughout my junior high and high school years. So I was really used to being out in the field. So I was actually really excited about doing something like this. My dad actually runs Judd Hill Foundation. So I've been on the fields most of my life with him helping him out. And he told me about this, and I got really excited about it, and I kind of hopped on it the first chance I got it. What distinguished this excellent group of students is their, their impeccable work ethic. And they are here, again, rain and shine. <laughs> Actually gives me a chance to get a head, head start, you know. I mean, any chance I get at this would be pretty cool. So we're very happy to have a partnership between Arkansas State University the USDA IRS Delta Water Management Unit and Rice Tech. 
Rice Tech was happy to uh, and very, very gracious to host us here in this state-of-the-art experimental station because they understand the impact of uh, high night temperature in their own varieties. So here behind me, you see six experimental plots where in addition to the rice varieties that I told you about, the ones that are coming from all over the world, we are including 10 varieties that uh, Rice Tech selected. These buildings can actually move over the plots. Uh, it's also a multi-year study, so there'll be different plots within this field and in different fields in future years, these buildings can then move over them. So there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to these movable buildings. This uh, structure is going to have a motor on the top that is going to open the greenhouse during the day so that the plants receive the sunlight that they need to grow. And then we're going to close the structures at night and three of the tents are going to just be left alone and three of them are going to be heated at night on purpose. So um, this is a relatively intense environment for a structure, right? Not only are you out in a field with wind and et cetera like that, right? But you also are gonna be flooding this field with five, six, seven inches of water, right? So the fact that our moving system is compatible, not only with the need to have it move over the different plots, but also be able to be fully submerged is a unique part of this project. People eat every day, three times, right? And it doesn't matter what the weather is outside. So we need to sustain the ability to produce enough food for everybody. It's, it's really exciting stuff and really humbling as well just to know that I could have an impact on not just farmers around here but farmers around the world so that's really exciting. Live from the ASU TV studios in the School of Media and Journalism, this is A-State Connections. And welcome back to A-State Connections here on KASU and ASU-TV. Dr. Argelia Lawrence is joining us. Dr. Lawrence is a Vaughn Endowed Professor and Professor of Metabolic Engineering at Arkansas State University. Once again, thank you so much uh, for joining us again. Thank you for this great opportunity. It's really a pleasure being here. So we got a chance to watch the video there. Your thoughts on, uh, on the video and all the people that were involved in that. Well, very, very proud of the team. Uh, we uh, work on very difficult conditions. First, it was against the clock. We were building those greenhouses ag against the clock. And I joke that is the most ambitious Lego project I've ever been part of. I mean, really. I mean, the, the high tunnel greenhouses came as Lego pieces and we had to learn to put them together. It was 8,000 man hours it took to put them together. Wow. They work beautifully. Unfortunately, we had a tornado that damaged all of the plastic roofs. Uh, so we had to redo the roofs in 2020. Uh, but again, two successful uh, seasons of field work. Very, very proud of the team. And so where the greenhouses come from? So the greenhouses, uh, we purchased them from a company in Kansas City that is called Four Seasons. Uh, you saw Greg Garbos, the engineer who uh, design the, the greenhouses. Uh, he's the one who came and taught us how to assemble them. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the, uh, again, the engineer, the brain behind that design. Uh, but, well, were purchased uh, from Four Seasons and then built in the state-of-the-art experimental station of RiceTech in Harrisburg. Okay, so that's where it is, is over in those fields there in Harrisburg. Yes. That's where that is. Okay, very good. Um, what has surprised you about this project? The tornadoes. 
The tornadoes have been a big surprise. Uh, it's not only the tornadoes, it's the very high speed winds. I wasn't expecting to need to replace the roofs every year, but basically that's what has happened now. For two consecutive years, the roofs, the plastic roofs have been damaged, so that means uh, needing to replace 400 pounds of plastic in the greenhouses. Wow. That, that's been a big surprise. Overall, um, would you say the research project has been successful? Absolutely. So far? Yeah, the, the project has been very successful. Uh, in uh, we have we maintain a very up to date website with all of the publications, the presentations, the outreach we're the scientific outreach we're doing, the thesis of the students, the awards the students are winning, uh, and uh, I think as a testament of the impact of the project. Uh, I can cite the recently uh, published uh, article in The Guardian that was published September 1st that was uh, really humbling for, for all of us. And um, so we really want to contribute to solve this important problem, which is we need to research now and do everything we can to find the varieties that we're gonna need for the future, the rice varieties that are gonna keep Arkansas farmers competitive. And with that, how could this project be taken to the next step, which would be from the field to, to saying, okay, we can take this to market, and these would be varieties that farmers could use in the future? So we are still, uh, research doesn't move, unfortunately, at, uh, at the super fast or at the speed that we humans would like. Sure. Right, so uh, in this case, for phase two of the project, we are partnering uh, with rice breeders. They are the experts, the people that we really need to pass the information we're finding, the genes, the markers uh, that we're finding. We need to pass that information to them, and they are the ones who can really put those traits, they call them, the, those traits together and develop the varieties that farmers are gonna do in the future. So we are still a few years away from uh, being able to deliver um, new varieties to the farmers, but we're working towards that. I mean, yeah, we are working with that goal in mind. You started off with several thousand, now you're down to, you know, yes. however many there was <laughs> what was left, and so now you just gotta keep, keep yes. on working. Yep. So very good. Well, I wanna switch gears for just a second, and I wanted to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month, because I know that that's going on right now, just a wonderful celebration. Kind of tell us about how you are kind of working in that to be able to, um, to help with the celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month at Arkansas State. Sure, I'm originally uh, from Mexico City, and since 2014, I'm also a U.S. citizen, so I, I'm a citizen of both countries. Mm -hmm. I love them equally, and uh, as as a person, I believe in uh, treating your neighbor with respect, being a good neighbor, and uh, and working together to uh, solve common uh, issues. And I think uh, about these two countries that I love like that. We are neighbors, and we need to get along and and work together. Um, so. Uh, always excited to participate in Hispanic Heritage Month. I serve as vice president of a new organization on campus. It's called the Hispanic and Latino Faculty and Staff Association. Um, the president is Dr. Fabricio Medina Bolivar. I'm the vice president. 
and we are organizing all sorts of activities. Uh, and uh, I also co-advise OLA, one of the student organizations on campus. Dr. Fabricio Medina Bolivar uh, advises Hermano y Hermana, which is a mentoring uh, program also uh, here at Arkansas State. And um, again, we work uh, in, in close uh, connection with those student groups because I think it's important to show the value of the Latino culture uh, in, on campus and in the Jonesboro community. In addition to good salsa dancers, we have a lot of other things to offer. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, and you know, and and it's it's a, always a great opportunity to be able to, because well, that's one thing about being in the university is that you've got so there's a lot of great diversity uh, on campus with with uh, many different groups and many uh, different people that are uh, that are all together, and so this is a great opportunity for people to be to learn about culture and learn about. Um, uh, different things that, that we may not know otherwise. Absolutely. Uh, so let me tell you something cool we did in the RICE project. So we organized a dinner in which every single one of the dishes was made with rice, but from our regions of origin. So I cook, for example, uh, arroz con leche, which is a very yummy dessert, right? It's mm. rice pudding. Uh, so uh, a student from Nigeria cooks something from her land. A student from the Bahamas cooks something from her land. The Filipino uh, uh, group, that, uh, there is several of those researchers in, in the team. They all, they all cook. Uh, I can tell you, we ate delicious things from 11 different places. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend that. Uh, it's a very uh, high-carb diet, but for a, for a single meal, it was okay. <laughs> well, yeah, but but yeah, having all that there uh, basically as, as a buffet, that would be just fantastic. Yeah, that was awesome. The one thing I love about rice is it just goes well with just about anything. Yes. You know, rice is a great dish. It's a great dish. You can make salads with them. You can make entrees. You can make desserts, certainly. And in Mexico, we even make uh, water that is uh, rice and milk and cinnamon and sugar, and it tastes delicious. It's called horchata. So... Yes. Go try it. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've had it. It's good. It is really, really good stuff. It's it's it almost has that cinnamon toast crunch oh, yeah. kind of uh, kind of thing in there that we we just oh it is so good. We're talking about this and <laughs> making me hungry and all that, which is one of the reasons why going back to the project that you're doing that this project is so important because rice is consumed by so many nationalities by so many people. It is a world staple. Oh yes. Uh, rice is very, very important. Uh, again, for for the entire world, is one of uh, is the premier uh, crop in Arkansas, and one of the main. Uh, the U.S. is one of the main exporters of rice. So, has uh, cultural, economical uh, importance. Very, very important. Yes, that's why we are focused on rice. Very good. Before we let you run, anything else you'd like to add about this today, please? Uh, please don't forget to interview my students. They are amazing. And uh, I hope you also uh, interview Shay Harris. He's not only an amazing outreach coordinator for the entire ABI, but he leads the outreach efforts in this project. And is so talented, he uh, was one of the leads in putting those greenhouses together. He's super talented. And yeah. I hope, uh, again, that next week he gets to talk to you. Yeah, we'll do that on the radio show coming up next week. So, But thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it.
And that'll do it. Goodness gracious, it's hard to believe it. we're out of time. But that'll do it for this edition of A-State Connections. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Arhelia Lawrence, for being here today. also want to thank instructors of creative media production, Galen Perkins and Dustin Sullivan, and students who are behind the scenes running the show. Thank you, thank you. Also, thanks to engineers Derek Herring and Clayton Holderfield for their help. And also, thank you for watching. This is A-State Connections. So long, everyone.